what's going on? It's your boy Basil B, aka Sir Basil, aka Mr. Big Shot. What's happening? Hey, I'm here. <laughs> it is your boy GT, also known <laughs> as Trades the Backwoods. We back at it again, minus my guy Spizzy. Spizzy couldn't be with us today, but we are back after what two month hiatus? Two months? I don't know. Man, it's been a while. I'm sorry, guys. Sorry for the fans. I ain't get nothing done. I was supposed to. Sorry. <laughs> Special guest in the building, our guys, pretty much extended Backwood members, IK Boy, a.k.a. the, the published photographer, Kenny Bundy, a.k.a. Lenny Van Axel, <laughs> <laughs> Lenny, Bell, Lenny Del Negro. <laughs> yes, sir. Um, fresh off of Dreamville Fest. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's real. Kenny is uh, on the podcast with us today. And then also the newly uh, about to be a graduate from ODU. Him. Look at God. YouTube specialist, videographer, and movie reviewer, Brandon Davon. Oh no, Lee. Davon. Davon. We're going to wish we had applause, but we don't. Yeah, we ain't got that. I ain't that advanced yet. But if you come on, you know, you can put the you know, applause on that. Thank you. Um, They are here for the much anticipated Marvel episode. Now, disclaimer. This is filled with spoilers from the end game. If you are listening, turn it off if you have not seen the movie yet. If you've seen the movie, good. But if you have not seen Avengers Endgame, please do not proceed to the rest of this podcast until you see Avengers Endgame because it's filled with spoilers. This is your final warning. Okay. Yeah, just turn this off. All right. Uh, before we get into that, though, man, what's been going on? What y'all been doing, man? What's up? What's up? What's up? School. Trying to get up out of there. Yeah, you about to graduate what? Two more weeks? Yeah, the 10th. Oh, hey. snap. You got to graduate. Well, I remember you just went right. to school, but <laughs> just when you were just a young buck and you grades, just, you know what I'm saying, right below, under your ears. You are so <laughs> unnecessary. <laughs> right. Wow. right. Pew, pew, I'll pew, play. pew, 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 Oh, uh, what's up with you, Baz? What's up with you? You good? You good? How you feeling? I'm always good, man. I'm good. It's been a while, but we're back. How work treating you? We're not going to do that right now. <laughs> <laughs> you did, uh, you I just covered my mouth <laughs> like, oh, you didn't have to say that. You didn't have to we're, do the drug. Okay. Okay. we're in a group chat. We're already two. on the You're over two right now. Yeah, yeah, and I'll bring it back. Yeah, man. We, we ain't did this right in a long time. So, so you find any mother. Well, you've been fishing over Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm a fisherman. I'm a fisherman. Anyway, Kenny, what's going on, guys? What's going on? Published photographer. Oh, my God. Huh? Yeah. What's up with you? What's going on? Um, yeah. Talk about it. <laughs> fine, fine. Talk about it. Um, beginning of April, I had the opportunity of shooting for J. Cole's first annual Dreamville Festival on behalf of Medium PR Agency. Shout out to Sabrina and Q. Um, also on behalf of uh, V. Karen Civil. Um, went out there, got to showcase my skills, and I got to shoot pretty much every artist set that was out there performing that day. Uh, mm. It was an amazing day. It was pretty cool. I've uh, seen you on title. <laughs> yeah, Trey said he seen me on title during <laughs> Cole set shooting up front. Uh, yes, sir. But it was a really dope festival. I definitely will go again. Um, the festival was organized really well. Uh, they did a really good job with that. It was it was such a great opportunity. I got to network with other like experienced photographers who do concert shooting on the regular. Right. Um, but it was it was it was amazing. Like it was, the networking was dope. People embraced me. Like 
and you know once i told him it was my first concert that I was shooting for so yeah it was pretty cool there wasn't an elitist attitude amongst any of them they were all we were all kind of working as a coalition a collective it was pretty cool though okay that's nice what's up yo so yeah you're gonna be in there next year yeah you'll be in there next year um shout out to everybody that was at Brockton city fest today uh or this weekend and Something in the water festival down in seven five seven the first time ever I'm never I'm never not going to miss something in the water ever again by the way so be prepared we're going down to next year. We is a strong word. Yeah, we're going. If, if it's gonna fall on your spring break, yeah, definitely. I've I've run around Norfolk enough, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> you can be in Virginia Beach though. It's on the beach. I've run around Virginia Beach enough too. Come thank on, you. man. Anyways, I was gonna say we um, years talk about that. I'm okay. You going back? You going to something in the water next year? Talking to Brandon, the graduate of ODU Dominion. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm a, I'm a finally, you know, hit the streets next year. Now that I'm out of school. Hit the streets. <laughs> I love it. Finally start traveling and stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Everybody wanted, you know. I, I said it the other day. I, I'm gonna, you know, adopt the Kenny lifestyle. Oh my god. You know what I'm saying? Where you, know, <laughs> you go to all your favorite events. And, I can't. I can't. You know, I don't travel. Work Kenny work mm-hmm. at. You know, so uh, I don't even know where Kenny works. Nobody knows. Tommy. That's a good point. <laughs> you ain't got no job, Tommy. Does he know where Kenny work at? But he got bands, though. Oh, clearly. So you... So you My I'm, daughter know that. Okay. I'm oh. broke. I'm broke. Lies. I'm broke. Say it. Anyways. I'm broke. Um, it, don't I'll speak that it. on your name, Doc. So I got a new job. Hey. Finally. Yes. After all the years I complained on this podcast about my job, I got a new one. So your boy be down in Richmond. Uh, VA. Off the podcast. <laughs> in the group chat. Out the group chat. Out the group chat. Exactly. Exactly. Awesome. Mm. I'm here though. You know what I'm saying? So we, we out here. Showing um, up to his house for five minutes and then he got to dip out to go back to work. I'm still standing. I'm yeah. still strong. I'm still here. <laughs> Anyways, um, got some new shirts dropping Wednesday. Y'all check it out. Um, peace and anxiety shirts for mental health awareness month, which is May first and starts all the way through May. And is that the little dog? I don't know. <laughs> Where he at? <laughs> hey yo, if that dog got there tomorrow morning, I might have to keep him. <laughs> not giving that dog. Why? Let me put him in the backyard. Right. Huh? Can't just get random dogs. I said in the backyard, man. Put in the backyard. Dogs in your backyard? Kidnapping, sir. Somebody no, around not. here is looking for that dog. Ain't got no call on nothing. He's chilling. He probably from over there. Like I told you all them wild pit bulls was out. Can't Remember? anybody afford a collar tray? We, yeah, we, you don't, we, you don't have a dog. Yeah, that's no, here's the thing. I'm fearful because if I had a thought just now, I was like, dang, uh, should I report him? Because you hey, know how you. the dog community is. You know Chow how to. Who, I don't know. Like, put out a post saying there's a small little chihuahua dog out here. Yakira Taco Bell. Yakira Taco Bell. Yeah, you should have took a picture of him. Because I feel like if you now don't. he's somewhere in traffic. Yeah, see, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm. anyways. Uh, <laughs> that's wrong. <laughs> you said it. Anyway, um, we'll get back. To, uh, anyways, Mental Health Awareness Month is on May 1st. I'll be dropping shirts uh, via www.uphold318.com. Also, I have an, uh, another podcast. I'm working on called Black Men Anonymous. You need to go check that out where I'm highlighting black men who do great things but don't get the uh, spotlight that they deserve. So also go check that out. It does not mean that the backwoods is phasing away because mm. Bass asked that question before. He thought, you know, mm-hmm. they, they thought I was Beyonce or something. I so, do think you Beyonce um, in us. 
No. Destiny Child. We're I'm over. running both. So go check it out. Destiny um, Child. What's what up? We over. I think that's it. <laughs> oh, we'll get back to our regular schedule program in regards to our sports talk because we have a lot of conversations to talk about in sports in regards to the NBA playoffs and upcoming trade rumors and free agency. And hopefully we're going to get Keem Jones on this podcast um, if he, you know, actually has time in his busy schedule. He's filming schedule. for season six of Power right now, Trey, so good luck with that. Well, you know, Scott Steiner, man. You know, I don't know about him sometimes. Mm. Big Papa Pump. <laughs> Razor Ramon. Razor Ramon, Hulk Hogan self. All right. Now, what you've all been waiting for. I'm going to let the Marvel gurus take over this podcast for tonight. Okay. Again, that's Kenny and Brandon. Disclaimer. Spoiler alert. If you have reached this level of the podcast and you have not seen Avengers Endgame, please and cut the podcast. you don't po- want it to be spoiled for and you. And you don't want it to be spoiled for you. If you don't mind spoilers, then keep listening, girl. Please cut the podcast off. And once you have seen Endgame, come on back to us. Why would y'all want to say that? Huh? Just say it. That's <laughs> my, my, my podcast voice. All right. Anyways, um, yeah. So I'm not gonna keep telling y'all no more. All right. right. (laughs) So Kenny and B, take it away. Yeah, because Game of Thrones. Come on, take it away. What a perfect time. Perfect time. Go ahead. I'll knock all this over. (laughs) We gonna watch Game of Thrones tonight. And she will too, y'all. It's a Sunday, just so y'all know. Yeah, out of control. (laughs) And we're getting the longer episode tonight. So yeah, it's somebody about that. The longest timeout. Bubbling, bubbling the Marvel conversation. Yeah. Sorry, the longest videoed fighting scene on in television, cinematic yeah. history yep. is tonight. Yeah, I never so watched many, Game of Thrones. So <sighs> many. Well, this is an excellent. Well, when you graduate, make sure you add to that to your list. It. This so, is a great uh, just episode for you to watch because you're gonna enjoy. So is this like the, the final scene. episode? No. no, no, no. I think it's four more episodes. But yeah, had two. There's six in this season. Oh, it's six in this season. This is the final season. Yeah, the last four are like OD long. The first one was like 54 minutes. Oh. That ain't that bad for me, anyway. Proceed. Oh yeah, back All to right. Marvel. All right, so I'll just start off with a brief synopsis for those listeners that aren't really too vested into the Marvel Cinematic Dang. Universe. These um, nerds, these not nerds, just put yeah. their phones all the way to their face bones. Yeah, I'm listening. Just, yeah, here they go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But we've buried our way through their sports segments every time, right? Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so, don't you bring season. sports yes. into this? <laughs> yeah. So anyway, sports had um, nothing to do with y'all. Okay. I show it. I ain't even talk about it. Clearly. Let y'all have the ep- that whole podcast. <laughs> Stop it. All right. <laughs> so. So okay. So, over 11 years, as of Avengers Endgame, there have been 22 Marvel Cinematic Films. Uh, this all started with in 2008 with uh, Iron Man, who was led by Robert Downey Jr., who was also a problematic actor in and out of rehab in Hollywood with his own personal battles. So, and no, I, I say that to say this is because... He's providing content. Yeah. I get it. I understand. I, I hear the sermon. I'm churchy, too. I know. <laughs> yes, Lord. So, I know. I get it. I understand where we're going, but man. Take me yeah. to so, It's like taking... It's like saying, oh, Black Panther, da-da-da-da-da, because stop. Stop. You have to stop. No, I say all that to say this is because I... um. Yeah. So... So... 
Disney was on the fence of even hiring or doing this whole project because Kevin Feige, the uh, CEO of Marvel Studios, had approached Disney saying that they wanted to create an elaborate cinematic universe of the of the comics. And they at Disney asked Kevin Feige who would be the potential lead actor. They said Robert Downey Jr. And of course, they were heavily on the fence about that. So I just want to say I'm glad Disney gave them the chance and let, you know, Kevin have his way with letting that film proceed forward with Robert Downey Jr. Because just like with Hugh Jackman as Wolverine, I cannot see anybody else as Tony Stark, right. a.k.a. Iron Man. So I'm, I'm pretty glad that they let that happen. Um, you can adjust many of the vision settings. Sorry. What's up, Siri? Of all um, people. <laughs> <laughs> How long have you been on this podcast, man? <laughs> so, um, so sorry. So, Avengers Endgame being the twenty second movie in the universe, Avengers Endgame is the pretty much the the wrap up of this Infinity Saga, of is what Marvels is calling it, the Infinity Saga over the course of the twenty two films. Um, it's a long time, bro. Yeah, it is. It is a long time. It's crazy. Uh, two thousand eight. That's crazy. I was a junior in high school. Oh man. Um, <laughs> and I was young eighth lad. grade in middle school. I was a young <laughs> lad in, in college. Um, at I'm I'm happy with their approach of Avengers Endgame, but um, what what what's what's up, Bass? What's up? He was doing a ramble. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, uh, <laughs> so I'm actually I'm actually glad that we got to see all this play out because there were a lot of payoffs in the film um that we never thought we would get as fans. Um, a lot of you know call-outs from the comics that we never thought we would see. Um, they actually threw in this movie. Um, but I'm going to let Brandon go ahead and take it from here and follow up from the rest. The movie was freaking dope. Exactly, right? Like, These are movie, movie reviewers, guys, yeah. by the way. So, yeah. yeah so, I will say, like, the movie started off slow in the first act. Yeah. But after that first act, the movie just... Went in from there, yeah, and do you it think did. it could have been? Do you think it had to be three hours? Yes, yes, it had to be three hours. Why? Because like, I the first act is literally them getting over, like, with not well trying to accept what happened uh-huh. yeah. from Infinity War. So they're taking that time to right. digest what happened. Yeah, can we undo this? And if we can, how? And then, you know, of course, they find out mm-hmm. Thanos is in this, like, uncharted planet. Yeah. So they go to him. But let me let me stop you there. Um, I'm glad you touched on that. It's um, for the the traumatic portion of that they dealt with in Act 1. The trauma. Yeah, it mm-hmm. was very, very traumatic. Because if you guys seen the, um, the last Avengers movie, Infinity War, it was very... Like, the whole movie started at six gear the whole way through. Right, they started. And up. from from beginning to end in Infinity War, a lot happened that was very, very traumatic. They never had time to stop and digest anything that was going on. Thanos was rapidly collecting the Infinity Stones, which are six. Six of them total. And then at the beginning of Endgame, you're literally seeing them trying to work through that trauma, trying to work through how to get their friends back that were all snapped away by Thanos. I don't think we needed 30 to 40 minutes of that. I'm going to just put that out there. What makes you think so? Because we were talking about it as well. We was like, okay, how they developed it. Like, there were certain scenes where they kind of went, they, 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 they drew it out, I felt. Okay, yes. You know what I'm saying? I just thought, mm-hmm. I thought you didn't have to draw it out that much. Yeah. 
uh, me and Nisha had talked about it on the phone yesterday. Uh, I think I know exactly what you're talking about with the drawn out. Because with Scott Lang, a.k.a. Ant-Man, they, I felt like personally they could have cut some of that out too. So right, I would have right, started right. there. Because Ant-Man, yeah, he did play a pivotal role from his movie, which introduced the Quantum Realm, which is how they're going to you know navigate through Act 2 of the movie. But it also, like... I mean, I get that he was stuck in the Quantum Realm for a little bit at the end of his movie, Ant-Man and the Wasp, which took place before Endgame. But they could have left out like a good chunk of that, of what happened. Basically, he got out of the Quantum Realm because of a rat pulled him out. Yeah. Because yeah. a rat was in the van that accidentally brought him back where the, the Quantum um, generator was, where he was stuck at. So it brought him back out on accident. But he was running around like for a good 20 minutes trying to figure out what was going on. And I feel like they could have cut that out by just... Him going straight to see his daughter. Yeah. Like, yeah. I felt like I just went went straight to the house instead of going to, like, yeah. oh, what's going on? What's going on? What's going right. on? Like, they spent 20, 30 minutes on that. That could have been cut out. And just him going straight to see his daughter to see if his daughter was alive. But I actually, but I actually liked him. I actually liked him, like, running around town, like, trying to find answers. Like, yo, what's good? Like, what's going on? And then yeah. when he went to the memorial, making sure his family wasn't on the name. I mean, on the, the little... Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like I thought that was like important. I mean, yeah, I, I I see the importance of it, but I feel like they drew it out though. Like they could have, like, okay, so he gets out, he gets out of the the quantum realm, he leaves the building, and then boom, instead of then he he walks down the street with a wagon, and he sees a boy, and asks him, "Yo, what happened?" And the boy just looks at him, and it keeps going. Yeah. So instead of doing that, I say he just drags his wagon, and then just goes straight to that. Yeah, I would have went straight memorial jump, and then. Boom, straight to the his, I wouldn't even have went there. I would have went straight to the daughter and asked the daughter the questions. True. And I could have saved at least 10, 15 minutes. Yeah, I would have went straight to her and asked her what happened. But, I mean, given uh, the shock value of when he's seen his daughter, because mind you guys, like, when he came out of the quantum realm, it was five years later after right. the snap. So it was five years later. Scott had no idea because in the quantum realm, time rules apply differently. So apparently in the quantum realm, he was only stuck in there for five hours. But in real time, in real life, five years had passed, so he didn't really age at all. Like, So when he goes to see his daughter, his daughter is now five years older, where she was, I think, in the last Ant-Man movie, she was 10 years old. Yeah. So, so now she's, she's like 15, 15, 16 now. She looked like she's about 30. So I get why he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, Trey. What is wrong with you? <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. I was trying to tell you what she looked yeah. like. So then that, that brings us. That brings us to Scott going straight to the Avengers compound looking for answers. They'll mm-hmm. go try to see if he can find if Cap and them are still alive. So then that's when he produces the quantum theory to Cap and Nat, a.k.a. the Black Widow, because they're the only two really still at the compound. Everybody else kind of went their separate way for a little bit. So when they when Nat was talking to the other the other people in the little, you know what I'm saying, the, um, what that thing is? Like the council. Council, the council. thing. What they had all disbanded so everybody just went their separate ways and did oh, their own thing oh I'm they didn't kind of explain that I'm, I'm sorry my bad I, I fast tracked a little bit what Brandon was saying before this happened when um, this is before Scott got out of the quantum realm they are uh, during that act one when they're trying to work through their trauma they go to see if they can go after Thanos so that's Nat Captain Marvel's now at play um, Captain Marvel shows up on Earth after what happened because Nick Fury uh, sent off his uh, signal from his special pager she made for him to signal her whenever she needed to come back to Earth for emergencies. Yeah. So she's now at play now. She comes to Earth. She meets up with the current Avengers that are on Earth. Um, and they're all discussing how they're going to try to, you know, face off against Thanos to try to get the stones back, to try to take over and try to, you know, undo what he did. So Rocket Raccoon's sitting there and he's like, 
he um there was a cosmic uh a cosmic energy surge when Thanos did the snap the first time so he traced the universe and found out what planet he was hiding on and Nebula who's now on Earth after they saved Tony um they bring Tony and Nebula back to Earth to confirm like yeah he's on his planet that he was creating right. his garden like mm-hmm. to retire from so they got to that real quick, which was crazy to me. I thought that yeah. was funny. Like they, you know, say they got to, they found him. He was, his arm was all messed up, and then Thor was like, "Hey, we ain't, ain't doing too much more talking." Took his head yeah, off. Yeah, because <laughs> no, nah, because Thor, Thor felt like it was all his fault. Because you see how quick which it was. It, it Not technically playing. it was, yeah. Because you see how quick <laughs> I play, I play, I play, I play. Anybody, yeah. this is Star Lord's fault. Yes, it is Star Lord. <laughs> that scene still pisses me off, yo. Every time I yeah. see it, I get extremely mad. Yeah. Like y'all had it, but anyways, yeah. proceed. But yeah, Brandon, what were your thoughts? This is what I meant to ask you. So, with Captain Marvel being at play so late in the game, since they just introduced her so late. Do you think it was okay how they wrote her into the story, especially with her being the one to save Tony and Nebula in space? Yeah, because I feel like with Tony and Cap gone, mm-hmm. you're going to need that that strong lead, right? So, right. so they even though to some people her movie was average, and then she was kind of like underplayed and. Endgame, I feel like her introduction was still needed because I feel like what they was trying to do was introduce her strength. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so with that, it's like when Phase 4 finally happened, they're like, all right, even though she's a female, she still have the, the strength and ability to yeah. lead the Avengers. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people, a lot of people had their gripes about, you know, about Captain Marvel being introduced so late, but I feel like she was, she was Fury's trump card. So I think it made sense. Like she was definitely Fury's trump card and he didn't want to call on her until it was absolutely necessary. So I'm actually kind of glad, like she, the way that the Russo brothers, the directors, the way that they wrote her in the, into Endgame, because they didn't give her too much shine, but they gave her just enough to where it, it, it was understandable. Like she was needed in the battle against Thanos, especially when, in the beginning of the movie, when they showed up on his planet, you, like you see how quick she retconned the planet. Mm-hmm. She went in there full force, and he couldn't even defend himself against her. She was ready, like she was TTG like all day long when she showed up there. And then Thor just cut straight to the point, literally. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah. Um, this might be getting ahead of myself. Mm-hmm. Y'all tell me if not. But how do we not know that Nebula does not know she can? They can trace back her. Because that Thoughts. that theory's never been introduced. Like that being like the same person being on the same wavelength as far as like I guess they were trying to call it like Bluetooth frequency or Wi Fi frequency. Yeah. That's never happened before the same person being in the same time because this is the first movie they've time traveled in. Uh, so it was new territory. So I could see how it would happen because it's just like a computer standard. She's an Android. Yeah. So two of the exact same carbon copy in the same instance in the same universe it's, and galaxy. It sets off that Yeah. That energy where yeah. old Nebula picked up like whoa like yes yeah yeah I was just trying to figure out how we didn't know that was happening yeah so you see like, how Ebony <laughs> Ma- Ebony Maul was able to trace both both of them both of their signatures so both of them he was able to trace from the ship alone uh-huh. so uh, that did make sense to me and how they tied all that together I was just like okay so there's two Nebulas Nebula they're both clashing with one another because they're in the same they're in the same time but then Ebony Maul he was able to check the systems and pull memories from either one just from the ship alone yeah. Ebony Maul's the ugly dude. Yeah, the oh, ugly God. dude. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that dude ugly. 
Yeah, right. I do. He's tough, though. He's tough, though. Yeah, he's oh, tough. yeah. He's tough, but he's ugly. Oh, yeah. Alien Doctor Strange. Yeah, yeah pretty much. He's crucial, but he's ugly, though. But, yeah, um, <laughs> I will say that it's moving into Act 2 when they found out that, you know, it was that time jump the five years forward. Like, I like that they didn't give up because they were still pressing. But then you find you come to find out when Tony get, came back and got better since he was malnourished in space for that long without food. Um, I like that Tony, they showed that Tony finally went off to have his family with Pepper Potts. Because right. at in the beginning of Infinity War, that's what they were talking about. They were talking about the wedding. Yeah. They were talking about having a kid naming her Morgan. And we didn't know what happened with Tony because he wasn't no longer involved with any of the Avengers anymore. Like, he just cut out. So then when, you know, Cap, Nat, and Scott, they go to Tony's ranch and they come to find out that he has a daughter now. Uh, him and Pepper don't really do anything in his company anymore. They're just in the woods, chilling by the river, uh, by the lakefront. And then Tony, like, he... It, I like how they showed a different dynamic of Tony because throughout the movies, you see his growth. Like, you see him, like... How can I say it? Um, you you see him mature. Like he's not as cocky right. anymore. He's not as self absorbed. Like as soon as he had that kid, like he like he calmed down. He was more selfless. Everything. Yeah. So then when he show like when they show up, he's like, dang, they're trying to pull me back in. I was just hoping that they didn't take the technology out of his house because I've always loved <laughs> the fact that he can just wake up and just throw something in the air and it pops up. <laughs> I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure him and Pepper had like a fifty fifty type deal. Like, okay, if we're gonna do this, like you nah, like you're not making the whole house full of technology. Like mm-hmm. that's why I think you see he had that one designated area where he was working on a project. Yeah. And then he kept saying the garage. He kept referring to his garage. Right. So I think Pepper gave him the garage to do what he needed to do, but all oh, that's not going through the house because he could have easily made an automatic, like, robotic dishwasher or a smart dishwasher himself. But then you saw him trying to wash trying dishes. Trying to wash, yeah, yeah. So, like, <laughs> he They normalized try- him for a little yeah, bit. Yeah, he was trying to normalize himself. Yeah. I got that. I got that. So, what are, what are your um your biggest takeaways from this movie? B, you can leave that one. Fan right. service? hmm Fan service? Yeah, they definitely, because, like, um, they definitely did something that me as a Marvel fan thought wouldn't happen because like since these marvel movies began like i always dreamed of like everybody on the same playing field so when that happened in endgame you know it threw me off at first but but it made me happy and uh, you know i started tearing up you know tears of joy Mm -hmm. man that's young it it was off the chain how many times a young thug cry Man, <laughs> I cry about about four. Four. Yeah. Did you cry on the Stanley one when he drove by the no, compound? No, I ain't cried no. Yeah, I, think- I thought that was a tearjerker. <clears throat> I thought because you know he just passed away, he was younger, and he just made his appearance, and that was like the last time we kind of see him. Yeah, it was. Um, am I right? Am I right? But it was quick though. Like it was. It was quick. Everybody. Yeah, my- it was quick, but I. Yeah, yeah, it's always quick, but I caught it like as a yeah, as yeah. a not of a yeah a really in depth fan. I caught it, you know. Yeah, so. but it wasn't like that that moment where I felt was Mm-mm. like so you don't see the comparison between Faz and Furious and Paul Walker. No, he drive away with Vin Diesel on them. I'll tell you why, Trey, because they did a better tribute to Stanley and Captain Marvel because in Captain Marvel at the beginning, oh. you know, when they showed the um the in, the intro scene of the Marvel characters before the movie plays. Mm-hmm. They actually did all Stanley's cameos at the beginning of her movie. Oh. So like, and then it said, "Thank you, Stanley, for everything." And that's because it, ch- it had just happened. Yeah, but I thought they were gonna do something bigger in Avengers Endgame because it was the bigger movie. So I thought they were gonna do a bigger tribute or payoff for him in Endgame, but they didn't. Speaking of the intro, did you notice 
that in the intro how they usually have everybody mm-hmm. in the in the logo. Mm-hmm. They only had the remaining six Avengers. Yep. They only had the remaining. Did six. you notice that? Yep. No, I did not. I didn't notice that yep. at all. But um, I agree with Brandon though. Like I like the payoffs that they gave us in in game, as far as all the callouts of the major moments that stood out the most in the comics. And then when Cap was like, "Avengers, assemble," yeah, that that, that took it away from me. Yeah, like we never heard him say that throughout the whole twenty two films, and like Kenny said, like that's all he said in the comics. That's all so to, so to finally hear him say that in the final film was unbelievable. They, they had they had to have had it planned out because he ne- he didn't even say it in the first Avengers movie, which I, we thought we were going to hear it. He never said it. He didn't say it in the Age of Ultron either. Um, he almost said it, but they cut it out because at the end of Age of Ultron, it showed like Scarlet Witch joining the Avengers. It showed Vision and everything. And then at the end of the movie, he says mm-hmm. Avengers, and then it cuts out. Mm-hmm. So like they were teasing it all this time for us, and then they finally threw everything together. Well, where was Vision? Happened. He was dead. He was dead, man. Vision is dead, dead. Oh, he's dead, dead. Yeah, because he was actually he killed. He didn't evaporate. Mm-mm. Thanos rang his neck like and snatched oh, that stone. The yeah, stone was the, his core of truth, like yeah. the center of all his like being. So once Thanos snatched the stone, Remember that was it. The other movie, they made his body. Yeah, it made him. The stone, yeah. Take the stone out. Okay. Yeah, and Shuri was oh, like, okay, okay, and Shuri okay, okay. said that could have been avoided. She said it in Infinity War, if they would have made him the uh, a certain other way that she mentioned, it would have been easier to separate the stone from his being, and mm-hmm. he could have still proceeded. That's what she was working on. That's what she was working Tana on. Showed up to kill him, and the Red Witch was like, "No, Scarlet, whoever mm-hmm. was like, no, I'll kill him." Mm-hmm. That's what she was mm-hmm. trying. Yep. Mm-hmm. I I, w- I want to go back to Nebula. Mm-hmm. They they really did good with um Nebula's character because like um you know when we first saw her in you know the first Guardians of the Galaxy mm-hmm. you know she was just this murderous like girl that just wanted revenge on everybody you know her sister Gamora she was always jealous of Gamora like always jealous because Thanos favored Gamora over Nebula how did they come sisters tell me that they're Explain not that sister backstory. sisters they're I just so. they're just two children that were adopted. Yeah. Girls that Thanos snatched and yeah. killed their planet. Right. Yep. Well, divided their planet in half. Yep. Okay. Yep. I just wanted uh, some clarification. And, and believe it or not, in the Infinity Gauntlet comics, uh, Nebula played a major role as well, but it was different. Uh, so I like the twist they put on it in the movie, because in the comic, Nebula is the one that snatches the gauntlet from Thanos and undoes everything. Uh, She's the one that does it. She's the one that turns good and and during the Infinity Gauntlet comics and snatches the gauntlet and undoes everything and brings Gamora back. Okay. Um. Wait, so pause. Y'all actually like sat and read through all the comics? A majority. No, I have. I haven't. I just look at the strips on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Like, I just, I just want to know because, like, you, Kitty, both of y'all's knowledge is like so vast. Like, it's like, it's, it's pretty much like me and Bass when it comes to basketball or cars. Mm-hmm. And so I'm amazed at how y'all are able to recall and go back. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can tell you about this time right here, because mm-hmm. in the comics it did this, and they did it here in the movies, mm-hmm. but it's a little bit different because they tweaked it here. I was like, I just always mm-hmm. amazed to hear y'all talk about that because it's again, I'm only limited to you know mental health, cars, you know, what I'm saying basketball, and then there's somebody else that passionate or uh, educated about the topic that they are interested in mm-hmm. is uh is definitely cool to see. So I was just I just, I just asked this. I'm asking this random question. Yeah. Keep the thing going. I like it. Yeah, it it was it was cool though. Like I like I like the payoffs. Like Brandon said, like when we finally got Avengers Assemble, 
during that third act but i'm gonna rewind real quick because something happened before that so when that third act happened like when you see when you see tony cap and thor reunited on the battlefield it was their first time together all together since age of ultron and that was a long time ago in the movies so like when they all come back together on the battlefield to face off against the 2014 thanos that the other uh, the evil nebula brought back in that final act seeing all of them come together like i never thought one thor in the comics dual wielded stormbreaker the axe and the hammer and we never thought that would happen and he brought he they made that happen so that was crazy to me one so then seeing all three of them back on the battlefield together you see cap with his shield again he hasn't had his shield since civil war so you see that happen and then you see all and like him all and then you see tony's suit the the red and gold um mark 85 suit yeah the original the original iron man suit, iron man suit we haven't seen in the movies ever Oh, he was in the original suit? Yeah, that, yeah, that red and gold tone? Yeah. That's the original Iron Man suit. Like, from the comics. From the comics. Oh, okay, okay, Yeah, okay. we'd never seen it in the movies, ever. And then they finally gave us the red and gold one, the Mark 85. I didn't realize. Yeah. I always thought it was always red and gold. Yeah. No, in Infinity War, it was red with accents of gold. This one was, like, red, gold arms, gold leg thighs. Like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah that okay. was the original. So they paid homage to that. Um, but seeing all See, I wasn't on details like I <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so like seeing all three of them face off against Thanos at the same time. Um I like how they brought um I like how they brought Thor's power power level down for this movie. So we see fat Thor that we never thought we would see. That happened in the comics too. Right. Um because he was of course traumatized after losing the Thanos. So he retreated to new Asgard, which is the leftover Asgardians that survived Asgard, which is half of that. Because Thanos snapped half of them. So they started new Asgard, I want to say, in Norway. Where um, King Odin passed and Thor Ragnarok. So um, Valkyrie was leading them since Thor was out of commission. Getting drunk every day. Um, but yeah, old man slash fat man Thor happened. Um, and then you see, you know, Professor Hulk. And then... Um, Which a lot of people were upset, upset yeah, about. Yeah, Professor Hulk. Why were they upset about that? Because they wanted to actually see... Hulk mm-hmm. get his revenge on Thanos. Yeah, mm-hmm. because of how he got bodied in Infinity War. Yes, I'm in the I was first five minutes. Oh. Um, he got thrashed, bro. Yeah, he got pretty thrashed. Um, but uh, the new Asgard. I was glad to see Valkyrie back. I was glad to see Korg and Meek back. Look, Shout out Tessa Thompson. Yeah, Tessa Thompson. I was so glad to see her. Um, uh, because she was one of the big takeaways in Thor Ragnarok. She killed it. Loved her character. Yeah, I like Ragnarok. Yeah, Ragnarok was dope. That was probably one of my top five uh, Marvel movies. Um, but uh, what? I do know I watched Ragnarok. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, I'm it was good. it was pretty dope how they did all that. Um, it shows Thor like they broke him down on a um, personable level as well. So you saw a lot of that going on in the film too. Now that I think about it, you saw them break down Cap. You saw them break down Thor. You saw them break down Tony, and then um. They and then that's when Act Two they decide to come up with the plan. Tony figures cracks the code on how to time travel through the quantum realm, mm-hmm. and they go back through pivotal points in history where the stones were still valid because Thanos had already destroyed the stones at the beginning of the movie, so nobody else could use them. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, but we uh, the like Brandon said, I think the first part I teared up at was when Cap probably called out Avengers Assemble because that hasn't happened. Mm. and seeing everybody on field in that one frame together when they came through that portal. and um, But hold on, wait, I'm skipping around. My bad, I'm skipping around. So the way everybody came back was very dope to me too, how they had the Stark gauntlet. Tony created his own gauntlet. 
and built on that nano that nanotech that he was uh, messing with. And then you see uh, Hulk being the only one that's able to use it barely. Mm-hmm. Um, because they said nobody can wield the six Infinity Stones unless you're like of like godlike level power. Mm-hmm. So that's why Thanos was. Yeah, that's why he was he was barely able to use it. He can only use it maybe one or two times, and that mm-hmm. was it. And the th- using it the third time almost killed him. Right. So he was able to get three tries. Hulk only got one. Right. And um and that was barely. And then you see Hulk snap back everybody back. And then literally seconds later, Hawkeye's phone rings and you see his wife calling him who got snapped away. Like his mm-hmm. whole family got snapped away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I like how they gave um, Hawkeye some more screen time too because he didn't get any in Infinity War. Right. And we finally got to see the Ronin character when he was dressed up as uh, pretty much like a samurai type character running through Tokyo mm-hmm. as an assassin because he's a pretty popular character in the comics as far as Ronin. Um, mm-hmm. We got to see the sword. We got to see the outfit. And I'm glad that we finally got to see that because we never thought that would happen either. Mm. Okay. Yeah, because Hawkeye went through a couple changes. Like he wasn't, he didn't always just wield a bow and arrow. It was the sword. He was pretty nasty with the sword too. Yeah, I mean he was surgical with that joint. Yeah, <laughs> he was surgical with that, and I was like, okay, but it's is Hawkeye. And I didn't know he had a sword because well, I don't know that piece of it. So. Yeah. Um. Okay. Okay. Now, uh, let's see. What did I wanted to ask? I'm pretty sure you want to ask about the hammer and cap. Yes. I was right there, but I was following you. <laughs> so right. I pulled on. I picked up on that. I just want y'all to know I picked up on that, right? Because I – so I went on a binge watch from Wednesday through Friday watching all Marvel movies. I think I started with what? What did I start with? I don't know. I wasn't down here. You sure? You was down here for some of them. It was when I – no, when you started. I oh. That mysterious nap. It was, yeah, I he was gone. Out. Yeah, he was gone. I woke up two movies later. Like, I was out. out. It, wasn't on I, Trey, it was one of those, are you okay? Hold on, wake up. I you went. I think I went Infinity War, mm-hmm. out of Infinity War. Civil War, because I can't Civil War. Civil War. Yeah. Ant-Man and the Wasp. Ant-Man and the Wasp. Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, Did you watch Winter Soldier? Winter Soldier. <laughs> Age of Ultron. Oh, yeah. yeah, he watched that too. I went back and watched all of them. And it's crazy because those were all the movies that played a role in Endgame. Like, yeah, all the so ones. I got, I think it was um, Age of Ultron. Yes, Age of Ultron mm-hmm. when they was trying to pick up Thor's axe and everybody Hammer. could pick it up or Hammer. And I seen Captain America mm-hmm. nudge like it. nudge it. And I seen they, they pan over to Thor and he was like, and I was like, why they, I wonder why they yeah. did that. And then, so I just kept it to myself, like, thank it. And then when it happened in the actual movie, Endgame, I was like, oh, snap. When did, when did he pick the thing? What? Did they... Yeah, <laughs> like, when that joint happened in the movie, like, I automatically <laughs> went back to Age of Ultron. Because I remember when that happened, I was like, Age of Ultron. Like, <laughs> yeah, I went just yeah. like that. And Thor was like, I knew it. Yeah. Like, and then Thanos just kicks him. Like, it's just, man. Then the whole movie theater, like, was like, ah. Dog, we yeah, yeah. Thursday night when I saw it open night, like it was insane when that scene happened. Like that was probably the first one when everybody like literally was about to stand up on their feet in the middle of the movie. Like people were just screaming, like whistling, screaming, and then Cap just started going to work. Mm-hmm. And then we were like, "Yo, like dare I say that Cap's using the hammer better than Thor ever did in the yeah, movie?" Yeah, like, wait a minute. Yeah, that's what I was getting ready to say. Like Cap was like wielding that John like it was yeah. his. Yeah, like it was his. Yeah. yeah, it was crazy, bro. Yeah, and it was we had an odd discussion at work on Friday, and we were talking about how Cap was even even worthy enough to even pick it up. So we broke it down to where 
throughout the movies, Cap had a lot of internal turmoil with himself. Like, you know, he was trying to stay on his moral compass and his true north, trying to figure out what's right and what's wrong, what's just and what's not. So we were thinking that it was two things. It, it could have been. It could have been Cap finally resolved his conflict with himself and Tony because the Tony the Tony burden held a lot over him from when they were beefing from Civil War. Mm-hmm. And it was also that after Thor's father died, Thor's father was the one that set the, uh, I guess, the charm on the hammer that nobody could wield it if they weren't worthy enough besides Thor. Yeah. So we're thinking because of Odin being dead and Ragnarok, that you know, Thor never put another charm on it, and that Thor that charm probably vanished after that, because Thor went back to 2013 to go meet his mom, and that's how he got the hammer and brought it back to the future mm-hmm. to fight Thanos. But we're thinking it's because of that, because in that time, Odin was dead. There was no charm on the hammer, mm-hmm. and Cap finally resolved his internal conflict. Mm-hmm. But in that that scene was really really important because like Cap did wield it in the comics for a little bit, and. It, man, like it was such a big payout. We never thought we would see that either. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. I, I that was kind of a hot moment for me too. Yeah, we were on the edge of our seats at that point. Like everybody was almost standing up in the theater screaming. Like when that when that part happened. How'd you guys feel about Black Widow's death? <sighs> um, I didn't think I would see it, but when it happened. I actually, like, I wasn't, like, that wasn't, like, a sad moment for me. It was, like, a, dang. Like, you knew it was coming? No, I didn't know it was coming because I knew it was going to be, all right, let me rewind. When they sent both of them to Vormir, um, you know, Black Widow and Hawkeye, I was like, did anyone tell them? No, because they don't know. They didn't figure it out until they were there. Yeah, nobody knew besides Thanos. Nobody knew. But I thought Nebula would have said some, but but anyway, she didn't put it together that way. They put it together literally right there when that was like, and he did come back without his daughter. Like that's how they they figured it out together. Yeah, because Nebula didn't know either. Yeah, they just said she oh, just yeah, assumed. Yeah, she Nebula. just said that's where he killed my sister. Didn't yeah, know that you had to say traded her soul for that rock. Yeah, yeah, but but when it, when it came down to it. I was like, it's going to be net that does because you got to have that payoff for Hawkeye to see his family again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that don't have anybody. Nope. Yeah. So, so it was like kind of like, like when it was like about to come down to it, it was like common sense. Like, yeah. oh, Black Widow about to die. It yo. was dope how they did that payoff for her though. Like with her and Clint, because her and Clint have been best friends forever. Like, and I think we're going to dive into that when she gets her own movie next mm-hmm. year. Um, but it was dope how they fought each other to figure out who would sacrifice who. Mm. And like, they were fighting each other. Like, no, I'm going to sacrifice myself for you. And she's like, no. And it was just so clever how they did that. That was so, such a dope scene. Um, I wasn't sad, but I will say I didn't see that coming. Like Mm. she was the wild card. I didn't see. I was like, wow. I was like, so they chose her as the first death. Is that in, in the comics? That's the only thing that didn't happen in the comics. Oh, that didn't happen. So that's why everybody was not ready for that. Yeah. yeah, that contract up. So what happened in the comics? So in the comics, it was a... It, see, that's a whole podcast in itself because the Infinity Gauntlet is a whole set of comics. Uh, so you got the X-Men involved. You got Fantastic Four involved. You got... It, it's so many more. It's all the Marvel characters, like all of them. Like, But, you know, with the movies, since, you know, the contracts, rights. the rights to the characters, the Fox rights didn't come over yet until that deal just cleared like a couple months ago. Right. So Marvel Studios didn't have access to X-Men or Fantastic Four for, um, for any of the Marvel films. Wow. Yeah. So 
if they do bring X Men back over after the con, you know, when they mm-hmm. sign a deal over it, they bring Wolverine back or no? Yeah, they're gonna reboot all of that. That that all that's getting recasted. Oh, so all that's getting rebooted. Just like Spider Man was recasted. Yeah. When they finally worked out a deal with Sony and uh, Disney and Marvel Studios worked out a deal with uh, Sony to get Spider Man over for Civil War. Yeah. And to get um, Tom Holland, the actor, a couple contract or a contract for a couple movies. So um, I like who they picked for the role for the new Spider-Man for the for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Like they did a good job, right? Because the Spider-Man that took place during the Infinity Gauntlet was of that age. Like that was perfect. That couldn't have been any more perfect. Mm-hmm. And plus, like, and Civil War was different mm-hmm. than it was in the comics too, because because yeah. in the comic book, Civil War was partially um, about Cap and Iron Man trying to get Spider-Man on mm-hmm. whatever side. Yeah. Like, that was, like, one of the main conflicts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Civil War touched on that. Yeah. But it wasn't, like, a pivotal, like, point in the movie where right. they yeah. were just focused on that. But right. in the comic book, it was like, oh, we're trying to get Spider-Man over here to Cap side. Oh, nah, we want him on Iron Man side. Like, that's so he kind of had to be in the movie. Like, it wouldn't have made sense if he wasn't in the movie. Um, it's crazy how that even took place because I know we touched on this in the previous Black Panther podcast, but like, um, Black Panther wasn't almost in the movie either for Civil War, so they were gonna use Ant Man to be on Tony's side instead to make up for it. But since they got their hands, well, not got their hands, but since they decided to throw Black Panther in there, Stan Lee was like, "Let's go ahead and introduce Black Panther. This will be a perfect movie for that." Yeah. So they finally introduced him because Stan Lee had been fighting to get him introduced for in the movies for like a couple years. And they were like, let's introduce him in Civil War on Tony's side, you know, because that way we can introduce him, bring in his own solo movie right after that. Mm-hmm. But um, as far as the, uh, the, I like what they did in um, Endgame with the second act. The second act, when they do the time travel through the quantum realm, that was a dope, that was such a dope concept. I didn't see that coming. The plot twist with Nebula, that was a dope twist I didn't see coming because that's not how it happened in the comics. Hell Hydra. <laughs> So the elevator scene, a lot of people probably didn't catch this, but the elevator scene when they uh they go back to 2012 to the first Avengers movie when Cap's in the elevator, unless you've recently watched it, I uh, caught it. Yeah, I caught it. Yeah. So yeah. since so since Shay just recently watched uh, Captain America: The Winter Soldier, there was a dope elevator scene. That's probably one of the dopest action scenes in the movies. And Cap was literally gave everybody the works in the elevator. Like everybody just tore everybody up. But we thought that was going to go down the same way. Like literally in Endgame. Yeah. But they, I guess they knew we were going to think that. And they gave us the Hell Hydra moment because those were undercover Hydra agents because they nobody knew that Hydra was infiltrating S.H.I.E.L.D. Shit, yet. Yeah. So, like, they were sitting there and they're like, whoa, Cap, Cap's in the loop. Like, okay, he is with us. Like, right, right, dang, right. Like, okay. All right, cool. Uh, Let's give him the scepter then. Like, <laughs> that was crazy. But seeing him fight himself from the year 2012, that was a dope, that was a dope scene in the movie, too. That was really cool. America's. You're stupid. Oh my god. <laughs> that that was funny. Like Scott loves him some Captain America dog. Like, <laughs> like Scott was just eating all that up. And I'm surprised Tony didn't say anything. He was I, I they, that would have been funny too if Tony would have said something like, gosh, you really love Cap, don't you? Like sheesh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like it's uh, it, like Scott was all for Cap. So um the action scenes towards the end. <laughs> what was your favorite action scenes towards the end? Okay. Um, for me, oh man, um, Black Panther has a running back. 
<laughs> See, okay. Uh, I'm Black Panther look like a uh, work done out that thing, boy. So, dog, like the form, the form, dog. But yeah. seeing, seeing like T'Challa, Shuri, and Okoye come out the portal first, like I literally raised to the edge of my seat, and like everybody, like the group of people, I was, they all looked at me because they just knew that 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 was Black Panther's my guy. It's so, a pivotal scene right there. Yeah, it is a pivotal scene. So when he walked out the portal first and then him and Cap, like you just see the King of Wakanda and then you see Captain America just like exchanging like approval looks at a, another like, yo, we got you. Like we're back. We're good now. Like you guys did it. We're back. So like when he gave that nod of approval, I was just sitting there like, I just shook my hand mm-hmm. and I was just like, ah. Like, but I think the action scenes, the first one for me is seeing Cap stand off against the army by himself when he didn't know help was coming. Because mm-hmm. after Bruce snapped everybody back, he didn't know if everybody was back or not. Mm-hmm. But seeing everybody charge Thanos' army together and the angle they chose to see everybody like racing Thanos' army, like you see Spidey swinging into it, you see everybody like charging the army. I think you always there's this one comic book strip, and I can't remember which one I remember it from, but you see all the heroes like. On a, on a page in the comic, like, charging something mm-hmm. at an angle, like, on that right side, like, their profile angle. And you just see all the Marvel characters, like, charging at something. And they gave us that scene. So mm. you'll notice in each Marvel movie, they give us a pivotal action scene from a comic, from a popular comic. Oh, okay. Like, okay. that scene, like, for example, in uh, Civil War, when Tony and Cap, when, uh, when they're fighting each other at the end of Civil War, and Tony hit his beams on Cap's shield, that's a pivotal scene from the Civil War comic. Right. That actually happened. Okay. Let's yeah. talk about this Tony and Peter relationship. Whew, good one, Brandon. Good one. Um, that was the second part I cry- I started crying at because I know Tony really had a hard time with him and Peter. Like he didn't want to have to adopt Peter. He didn't want to attach himself to Peter, like because he didn't never saw himself having kids. Right. So when he got attached to Peter and he couldn't save Peter, he took that real hard. And then because he promised that he would protect him, but seeing you know Peter swing over to him when they first came back and they're on the battlefield together and Tony's just looking at him ramble on and on like, oh my gosh, like, oh my, Mr. Stark, so good to see you, man. Blah, 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 blah. And then like, and then Tony's just looking at him like tearing up and then that took me out like when he just hugged him because in Spider-Man Homecoming, Tony went to go, uh, Tony thought, uh, no, Tony went to go open the door. They're in the limousine together mm-hmm. and Peter couldn't open the door. So Tony reached over to open the door and Peter thought he was hugging him. So Peter hugged him and dog, and then yeah, so like he was sitting there, and Peter was like, "Oh my gosh, this is nice." So it's an actual hug. Like I, I was done. Mm-hmm. I, I was. Uh. Yeah, cause like like going back to homecoming, like mm-hmm. like um Kenny said, like Tony was like, "No, we're not there yet." And then and then another part in homecoming, you know, um Tony was like. You know, if those people would have died, that that would have been on you. But if you would have died, that's on me because I brought you in. Yep. And that's why when he died in Infinity War, that's why Tony was like, oh, my God, like, what do I do? Yeah. And so he felt all that guilt. Yeah, because especially at the beginning of Endgame, he was sitting there and he told Cap when they brought uh, Tony back from space that he was like, the first thing he said. I lost a kid. When he seen Cap, he didn't apologize or nothing. He just said, Cap, I lost a kid. Like, I lost a kid. And then Cap was like, we, we lost everyone. We, everyone. But um, seeing them, like, on the battlefield together, I'm glad they gave us that moment. Because uh-huh. he, and Peter got his genuine hug out of, out of Tony. Like, literally out of Tony. Like, it was just so dope. And, um, so cool. 
Yeah, it, yeah like, instant kill. And then I want. I think another big takeaway for me too during that final battle was her um, name was Sharon. Remember he named his artificial intelligence <laughs> yeah. Sharon. Oh yeah. yeah he was like he was like Sharon, instant kill. <laughs> Yeah. Oh man. I haven't seen it. You need to see that. I need to see it. I'll I'll get that one next try because I need that one. Here's the thing. I've always been stuck on the uh, Tobey Maguire. Oh, Spider Man. And so I'm like, I'm 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 biased. Yeah. But seeing his character development in the Infinity War and Endgame, I can say I do like him as Spider Man. So I'm I'm gonna go ahead and watch that. Like we never thought we would see the Iron Spider suit too. So the fact that they introduced that in Infinity War. Like that was dope too. And now, and see that tripped me out too because I never knew Spider Man and Iron Man even had mm-hmm. any type of connection. Yep. Mm-hmm. Growing up in the nineties, it was always like Iron Man and it was like Spider Man by himself. Yeah. It separated, and so you know, you say like on Fox and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then when you get older, you see all these things are connected. Yeah. I'm just like, oh, when did that happen? Like that. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's why, like, when Far From Home come, you know, now that Tony's not in the picture anymore, yeah, you know, is he still going to have the Iron Spider suit? Because remember, they didn't show it in the trailer. Um, I don't know. Like, you know how they like to fake people out in the trailers? Because they definitely faked this out big time for the Endgame movie. Um, But I think, I don't know, because the, the Iron Spider suit got pretty damaged during the battle. I was paying attention to that detail the second time through when I watched it. In the suit, yeah, in Endgame, like it got pretty damaged. I was looking at it because remember when um the rain of fire happened from Mm -hmm. Thanos' ship, and Peter got hit by one of the blasts, and he just sat there with the gauntlet and just held the gauntlet until uh, Captain Marvel came over to come grab it. And I saw it then, Uh and then um, but speaking of that, um, I love during the final battle the all woman scene of all the the Marvel female characters on scene together because that was a pivotal point in the comics too that. You know, they did show that from the comics at some points, and we got to see all of them on screen for the first time. And for the people who have a problem with that, FYI, they're setting up A-Force. Yeah, they're setting <laughs> up the A-Force with all, all female, like all women. What's the A-Force, please? Basically all the female Avengers. All the female Avengers. Okay, thank you for that clarification. I appreciate that. Yeah, so it was it was dope to see all of them on screen. Um, I like how... Um, and uh, I like a call out they did to uh, to Ant Man and the Wasp in this movie because uh, Hope Van Dyne, the Wasp, when she came on the battlefield and met up with Scott finally to go get back to the quantum uh, uh, the quantum generator, uh, she was like Cap told Scott to go back and take the gauntlet back so they can return the stones back before Thanos got his hands back on him, and she responds first and says I got you, Cap, because she was really jealous that she couldn't go to Germany to fight in Civil War, like she was really jealous of Scott. And right, that yeah. was dope that she got to, you know, talk to Cap because she like she loves Cap too. Right. Mm-hmm. So right. it was dope, man. It was dope. I like that. So, so what's next for Marvel after Endgame? What is next? Oh, go ahead. Before we do that, Captain America's old now. Are they done with him? What happened there? Can you guys touch on that for me? Hold on. We're, um, Before a trade goes to you, what's next? Let's stay where ooh, we yeah. are. Yeah, I was about to say, let's stay where we are because there, there, there's a lot that happened in that final hour that we're skipping. Um, oh, yeah, no, y'all the experts here. Yeah, yeah. No, no, we're just getting excited. That's all. Um, That last hour. Can we get um, some light? Yeah. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Um, yeah, so in that, in that final battle scene, the final battle scene is like, I like how they broke it up into parts, but the last half of it when... um when you see Captain Marvel come on the battlefield and she takes out Thanos' whole ship by herself 
Mm-hmm. Like, I like how they highlighted that because for those who didn't see Captain Marvel, she was taking out all the Kree ships in space by herself. Literally taking out whole massive, like, warhead ships alone. And I like how they highlighted on her power again. I like how they gave us the short haircut that she's known for in the comics because in the commercials, they only show her with the longer hair. Mm-hmm. But a little a little tidbit that they hid from us in the, um, the trailers and stuff was her having the short haircut because in all the major comics, she has the short haircut in the bigger battles. Mm-hmm. Um... I also like how you know you know some men don't like their women with short hair. That's all. Well, you know they got they got stuff uh, throw out with long hair first. And there's a theory about that. I don't want I don't want to say no wrong because I don't want to offend nobody. But you know there are rumors that they're heading into the. I don't want to say the abbreviation wrong because I don't want to offend nobody. Right. But. They're headed. There's there's rumors that they're headed into in that, that in that, that direction. direction. That direction. I I could see that. Yeah. I could see that because the way that uh, like her body language, th- uh, every scene she was in, her body language was pretty, pretty masculine. I would say, um, especially when um when she was in on the final battle and she was handling everything, and then when um what what scene was it? So they, they, you can see they're up, they're up for that. Yeah, you yeah, I, I, I could no see that. and But I did like how they used her properly because, uh, like I said in the beginning, a lot of people were worried that they, she was going to have too much screen time and she was going to be like, oh, I'm going to finish Thanos for you. I'm going to get the final blow. But it was dope to see her in the final battle like that she was flawed because when she tried to take the stones to the quantum generator on the battlefield, Thanos threw his sword and blew that up. So she got blasted by that. And then when she tried to face off with Thanos when he almost got the gauntlet again and he got it on, she, like Thanos tried to headbutt her when she had his hand like stuck and she wasn't even phased by it. Like she ate that. And then he had to literally take the power stone out the gauntlet, which is a no mortal can hold by itself. And he like literally smacked her with it and you didn't see her no more for the rest of the fight. So I'm like, okay, good. that They showed us enough there. Dope. Um, and then you see him and uh, you see Doctor Strange uh, off in the distance looking at Tony because Tony had asked them in the beginning of the battle like alright is this the one chance that we had that you saw us having in your vision when you looked through the future he was like if I tell you it's not going to happen so then later on him and Tony lock eyes again and then you see Doctor Strange wave up that one finger when he looked at Tony and I guess Tony knew what to do from there like he was like this is the one chance so then Tony looked at the gauntlet and raced for it and it was just him and Thanos so then Thanos saw he had the gauntlet back with all the stones, but Tony had created that nanotech where he was able to remove the stones safely and put them onto his suit. So he created a backup gauntlet on his own suit. I was wondering how he was able to do that jump so quickly. He just like swiped so, that joint like. So you saw in the scene where he was putting together the, the Sark gauntlet and you saw how the stones like went like fluid like went up. He did that. Same, it was the same technology. So when he when he locked hands with his actual gauntlet, the stones just moved from one place to the other. Uh, yeah, like okay. once he locked hands with that gauntlet, like literally moved. And um, but once I think once we got once he got his hands on that gauntlet, like we knew what was up after that. When Tony, you know, snapped his fingers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. we knew what was up. And um, he knew. Yeah. He knew that if it came to that, like if he had to make that gloves, then that's why he did the goodbye message at the end. He, yeah. won't come he knew he won't coming back. And like um, I think it was crazy too how. When Thanos said, when he had the gauntlet, he thought he had the stones. He didn't even look at it to see if he had the stones on it. And he said, I am inevitable. And then nothing happened. So then when Tony had the stones on his hand, 
he was like, and I am Iron Man, and that's how Iron Man 1 ends. Iron Man 1 ends with him admitting to the world that he was Iron Man, because nobody knew his ident- Iron Man's identity by the end of the first movie. Right. So, the question I have is, okay, so, like, they snapped. How, I was confused, because Tony snapped and ended all of Thanos and his mm-hmm. his people. Right. Do they selectively say like you know, hey, if any of these stones, I want to take out these people before they snap, or so? Or I think it, it's whatever that they want. I think it's, it's yeah, like a mind. It's a mind. Thing. Oh, it's a mind thing. Okay, it's a wish. So think of it like the Dragon Balls. That's all I'm about to say. Like like the Dragon it's Balls. It's just like the Dragon Balls. However specific you want it, because you heard Bruce say when he held the gauntlet, he was trying to get Nat back, he was trying yeah, to get yeah, Nat yeah, back yeah, yeah. and he couldn't bring her back because she didn't have nothing to do with the stones prior. I mean, no, yeah, prior to the snap. Okay. So it was just because she was a sacrifice for the soul stone that he couldn't bring her back because I guess that was a one of those catch twenty twos with that stone. Yeah. That it needs a sacrifice to be able to have that stone. Interesting. So, um, when I was t- just wondering about that because I was confused. Yeah, and one thing we skipped Brandon too. I just literally caught about the whole Gamora uh switch up the reboot of Gamora's character. Yeah. So in the movie, uh, Gamora, uh, in Infinity War, Gamora was the sacrifice from Thanos to get the soul stone for him. But in this movie, when they went back to 2014, they uh they brought back well they didn't bring back but Gamora was there. They brought that Gamora from 2014 back to 2022. What was it? It was 2022, I think. Five years later from 2018, 19. Yeah, something something like that. And Gamora, um, I I like the selection they chose to do when they brought back her character because Nisi asked me about this yesterday too. Um, what was the purpose of doing that, of bringing Gamora back as a whole different character at a time? Mm-hmm. Well, it, I think it was because the directors, they the directors and CEO of Marvel, they listen to the fans heavily. Mm-hmm. Um, the fans have been asking for Gamora to be more savage like she's known to be in the comics because she's very strong, she's independent, she doesn't rely on nobody, but they made her too lovey-dovey in like Infinity War, um, the second Guardians of the Galaxy, like she's too soft. And Thanos even touched on it in the first, in um, Infinity War, he was like, he was like, you're the strongest or warrior in the galaxy or something like that. Or she's, she's pretty savage in the comics. She's pretty powerful, but like by herself, she's a good warrior. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like their choice that they did with that. So the next guardians movie they're she's going to be a part of that main plot. So they set that up for that. So they're, they're very meticulous with the way that they're setting stuff up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the piggyback off your question of what was next, that's basically what the last hour of Endgame was doing. Like it was setting up everything the next was phase. to come. Like, of course, we're getting... Well, Far From Home is still part of Phase 3. That's going to be the final film of Phase 3. Yep. But um, after that, Phase 4 is going to be the Doctor Strange sequel, the Black Panther sequel, Guardians 3, which Thor is now a part of. They yep. set it up for Thor to be mm-hmm. part of the Guardians of Cause, the Galaxy. Because Chris Hemsworth, the uh, actor that plays Thor, he said he was open to come back and reprise Thor for any time because he loves doing the movies. Mm-hmm. So he said he was willing to play Thor as long as they want him to. And then, you know... Professor Hulk, even though it's not like confirmed what they can do with Professor Hulk, but but I'm pretty certain that they're gonna have him in the background mm-hmm. in some sort of way. Like like I feel like if I was to put Professor Hulk in the movie, I would place him in Wakanda and have him work next to Shuri. Yeah, mm. yeah. So um, I hope that we what we get to see and for me that's next since uh, Spider Man Far From Home is the last movie in Phase Three. Um, he's going to close out phase three. Um, and they said that Spider-Man far from home is going to literally take place moments after Endgame. Mm. So now everything makes sense as to why everything is the way it is in the trailers. But I'm thinking, I'm hope that they put Tony's voice as the AI voice for his next suit. 
because mm-hmm. it looks like in the trailers, of course, uh, he's probably going to get a new suit. Um, but I'm hoping that they choose to put that AI into the next suit as Tony's voice because that would be dope. Mm-hmm. Um, because uh, they said Robert Downey Jr. is expensive now, so he's like super expensive. So it was time for him to end the character, mm-hmm. um, everything like that. But um, they they did some nods to how they're going to proceed in the future because during that council meeting in the midway through the movie with Nat and the rest of the, uh the characters that were alive at that time. Mm-hmm. Okoye said that there was a tremor off the coast of Wakanda, like literally like an ocean tremor. Mm-hmm. And in the comics, there, there's there been rumors that the next villain for Black Panther is Namor, who is like an ocean-based villain who's going to probably drown out the city of Wakanda. Mm-hmm. And he, he's going to be a pivotal antagonist in the next Black Panther movie. So I think that they're throwing nods now. Mm-hmm. But um, they said that fa- the next phase is going to be Doctor Strange 2, Black Widow, Black Panther 2. And that's all we in the Eternals, uh, the Eternals movie. So they're going to reprise Black Widow to give her kind of like somehow, a somehow, yeah. Either that, or they're going to do like a younger version, yeah, uh, or it's going to be a prequel of some sorts. Okay. Because in in various movies, her and Clint keep talking about Budapest. Mm-hmm. They said it in Avengers One. They said it in this movie again, and I think they said it in Civil War. But I think they're going to surround it with their past. I think somehow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, um, Jesus, guys, y'all gave us a whole yeah. Hour. One one thing I can yeah. say, Marvel as a whole has started something yeah. that now these major studios are trying to mm-hmm. accomplish and mimic. Yeah, like um, like I will say, even though post credit scenes were existing before Marvel mm-hmm. made it a trend. Yep, it's become a trend now to where yep. no matter what movie it is, mm-hmm. you just think there's a post credit scene. Like, yep. like I got a friend at ODU that works at a movie theater. She says she gets pissed sometimes because when she's waiting to clean the theater, it can be just a random movie. People are sitting there just hoping a post credit scene is going to be there. So Marvel <laughs> started some stuff, right? Yeah. That's and, wild. I love that um, with Marvel that they basically I um I get I had posted on Facebook uh, Thursday night after I seen it that this was a a love letter by fans for fans because every the Marvel Studios has listened to almost everything we asked them to do mm. everything they gave us every moment we wanted and they gave it to us at the right moment right like they I don't know how they planned everything so well as they did but they gave us every moment we wanted um but I will say it was just hard seeing Tony go out. Like seeing yeah. the one that started it all to see him go out. I thought the same. Um, it was beautiful to have Rhodey come over there to him first when he was getting ready to pass because he was still mm-hmm. worried about everyone because mm-hmm. I think he knew he was getting ready to, to die. But when Rhodey came over there to him first, it was dope because that's his best friend. Mm-hmm. Then Peter came over to him, who was basically like a little brother to him. That was that was hard. <laughs> mm-hmm. That was hard to watch. Um, and then seeing uh, Pepper come over to him last, like. That that was beautiful, and Pepper kept it together until literally he died. Like she literally mm-hmm. kept it together and told him that they would be okay because he was always worried about other people towards yeah. the end of it. Yeah, yeah. She said, "You know, you can finally rest." Yeah, she told him you can. He can finally rest, and then you see the light in his arc reactor go out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, then the funeral. The funeral was tough too. Like they, I've never seen like a more perfect funeral like that too. 
I don't know if you was one of them, but remember that random kid? Yeah. That they showed? That was yeah. a kid from Iron Man 3. Iron Man 3. Yeah, yeah. I was about to say, who's that random kid? Uh, His name was Harley. He was in Iron Man 3. He was the one that got Tony, like, out of his... Um, PTSD. His PTSD. Oh, state. yeah. Yeah. He was younger, though, right? Yeah, he was young. And it's the same exact actor that played that kid in that movie. Just um, up. Yeah, because, you know, Iron Man 3 came out in 2013. 2013. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, he was, like... like Caught up in that house or something like that with them. The barn. The barn. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was the one that helped Tony get his suit back on so he can go back. Um, right. But it was the funeral was perfect. I like the way they chose the pan. I like the order that they placed people. And then I like how they finally revealed that Nick Fury came back too because you didn't see him at all in Endgame. Right. And Samuel Jackson was you know like trolling people. He was like, I'm not. I'm dead. What are you talking about? Like I'm not in that movie. And then, like, you see him right on the end at the funeral, right on the porch. And then you see Carol standing on the porch, like, in front of him, which is important because they have a big relationship in Captain Marvel's movie. Like, they're like this. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, it was perfect. And then the send-off where you see the reef that's floating on the lake. And then you see the arc reactor with that said Tony. It proved that Tony Stark has a heart. Because mm. everybody thought he was just, a, a like, a like a jerk. So, it was like. Right. Yeah, he gave pe- that to him. Yeah, in the first movie. Yeah. Yep. She made that yeah. picture yep. out of it. She was flirting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 It was, that funeral was perfect, man. Like, it was the perfect send-off. It's pretty dope. I was a little hurt by the Iron Man. Yeah. I was a little hurt. But, yeah, Marvel, man, they they definitely did an impact on the... Well, not did an impact. They made an impact, you know, on the, the film industry. Because, like, now everybody wants to create these universes. And, you mm-hmm. know, we got... DC, even though, you know, they kind of failed. <laughs> um, you know, we got, uh, I think, I don't know what studio was, but that new recent Mummy movie that came out, mm-hmm. they, oh, yeah. they, they tried to start like a dark, they called it the dark universe when they got yeah. the Mummy. They tried to do Frankenstein, Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. Like, they tried to mm-hmm. bring all that together. Mm-hmm. Them together you yeah. know, that failed because the Mummy didn't do well. Yeah. And um, legendary, I'm trying to get Kenny Hip, the Godzilla universe. They call it the Monster Verse, um, and that's actually successful right now. Yeah, um, Godzilla. Yeah, yeah, King of the Monsters. Yeah, King of the Monsters. You know, even though this a whole different topic, but definitely. I would do some research on King Ghidorah and Godzilla's relationship before y'all go see it, so y'all can understand why King Ghidorah is like the most like nemesis of this movie. Mm. Um, I haven't seen Godzilla in a long time, in a long time. But yeah, um, but yeah, but Marvel in general, man, they just did so much that was. If you look back at '08. You would have never thought that we would get universes like this, mm-hmm. right? Like, of course, we got sequels, spinoffs. Yeah, everybody does that, but to actually create a universe with different characters, different stories, and then of- officially like bring them, them all, all together. together on more than one occasion. Yeah, like that was like unheard of back in yeah. the day. Mm-hmm. So the fact that it's like a thing now, like it's it's taking the film industry to the next level. So I I feel like as you know, someone who's trying to become part of the film industry in the future, you know, that's, you know, that's like one of my, like, mm-hmm. like goals to become 
even even if I'm not like a director or some at least produce one of them joints to say like yes I worked in this universe like mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. so like yeah. it's 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 pretty dope it's a dope experience and how Marvel closed out an eleven year mm-hmm. twenty two film story yeah yeah. Yeah, that's such a, a way that's they did. Like, of, like, I never thought I'd live to see something like that. It was it was done so well, pretty dope. I will say they got some very dope people over at Marvel. Um, any closing remarks, guys? Because you guys did an awesome job here. Um, taking over the podcast. You know, <laughs> had to let you guys <laughs> do this more um, more yeah. often. Um, I think for like closing remarks, um. I'm, I can't wait to see what Marvel does next with uh, the next phase because they didn't put a post-credit scene in Endgame. Um, they just literally said it's the Endgame for now. Um, they're waiting till after Spider-Man Far From Home to release the schedule for the next set of movies. Mm-hmm. And I can't wait to see it, to see what's on the on the slate for the next phase, um, to see where they're going to take it next because now they have a clean slate. So um, there's nothing really that they really need to do at this point to prove. So now they get to do whatever they want and they know it's going to sell. So it's going to make money because now people are anticipating what's going to happen next. Now that X-Men's back home, Fantastic Four is back home. So yeah, even though Kevin, Kevin Feige even said himself, as far as X-Men and Fantastic Four is concerned, it's going to be a minute. Yeah. Because, you know, you need time to set those characters up and recast. Yeah. yeah they're not going to do DC's mistake and yeah. just rush everything. Poor just, DC. Yeah. I'm glad to see another Batman coming on. Yeah, I think I, I honestly think where DC messed up was they were just trying to compete. Yeah, because they went dark for a little bit too. Like they was trying to be like Marvel, yep. going darker or whatever and stuff like that. Yeah, like so I think with them like actually trying to compete and catch up, that's where they messed up at. Like mm-hmm. yeah, because Mar- Suicide Squad was their answer to Guardians of the Galaxy at the time, and I just really yeah. 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 Like Suicide yeah. Squad was so far left. Like I'm like Yeah, Suicide Squad doesn't I was like wait and like I was sitting there thinking about it. I was like, okay, like why are they trying to release a Suicide Squad movie? And I'm like, this is so far left. I'm like then I had to think Guardians had just came out. And I it, think they're trying to chase Batman. No or DC in and of itself is trying to chase the Batman series that we've had a couple years ago. Yeah. It was just To awful. me that was like the perfect they put those two two movies together. Perfect. Yeah, and I was talking to Kenny. Was it yesterday when I told you I was watching Batman Beyond? Yeah, I was like, man, DC need to go back to them them roots that they had back in the yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, because their cartoons are like on point. Like the Justice League, Justice League Unlimited cartoons, Batman the animated series, Batman Beyond. Like the cartoons, they got it right. Like everything is done right. Like with the cartoons, like Justice League and Justice League Unlimited are probably one of the best superhero TV shows of like. Almost all the time. Like, for me, I preferred the DC cartoons. Like, they were just so... Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, I don't know if it was because the time we grew up in. Because that was when we were all coming up. But, like, Batman the Animated Series is probably one of the best, like, superhero comic TV shows of all time for me. And that's why... And, and I think that's why now DC and Marvel fans are so divided. Because, mm-hmm. like, before the movies came out, we were still, like, in the on middle. the same page. Yeah. Like, in the middle. But once the movies started coming out... We started looking at it from a film aspect, like, oh, but Marvel movies are better, though. Yeah, yeah. Y'all yeah. movies suck. So that is what officially... <laughs> that, uh, that's what officially, like, divided mm-hmm. the fandom. Even though, like, I like Man of Steel. I like um, 
Batman versus Superman. Yeah, and a lot of people didn't even like Batman versus Superman. But eh. but it's like it's certain it's certain things that they do in the movies where it's like this ain't it. Like yeah. this ain't it, Chief. Like it's like y'all got to do better. Like I don't. Uh, a lot of y'all probably didn't know this, but um, Batman versus Superman was supposed to be a three hour movie too, and they were gonna shoot their shot at a three hour attempt. But Endgame that, original but, cut was five. I'm yeah. so glad they didn't do that. Yeah. Yeah. Endgame's original cut was five hours. Yeah. They were already pushing the fold with um doing Infinity War and Endgame back to back because Infinity War and Endgame were filmed back to back. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So they were already pushing it, and so they cut half for Infinity War and say, the so other they half. Of, like they, they had them both simultaneously. They said, "Okay, now this is definitely two movies." Yeah. And then just okay. okay. Yeah, that's crazy. Okay. Yeah. Um, it made sense because like. I'm glad that they didn't call this Infinity War Part 2 because that was the initial plan. Um, it was supposed to be Infinity War Part 1 and 2. I forgot how they said how they were going to end Infinity War on the first one because they said it was going to end different. But then they went with what they chose and they stopped it there. Oh, wait, I remember how it was supposed to end. Act 1 for Endgame was supposed to be the end of Infinity War. That's what they said. And then they were going to pick up so after that. So it would have been the beginning of Endgame. Are you after no, after. So the part where they're all traumatized, and then they were going to try to figure out the plan how to save everyone, oh. that was going to be the end of Infinity War. Oh, that would have been part mm-hmm. of Infinity War. And then Endgame would have started off with them with the time travel. Exactly. Oh, okay, okay. So it would have been two, two and a half hours right yeah, there. You could have cut okay. it right there. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, that, that could have been dope too. Yeah, so. Versus, um, versus Thanos on the cliff. Yeah. Oh. I did not think that was in the movie when, when Infinity War when he just sat there the, at the sunset yeah and I thought about something too like when I was thinking about how, how Marvel made an impact because you know how um Hasbro just bought the rights to Power Rangers and everything they're in talks of um doing Transformers Power Rangers Ninja Turtles like crossover and all that stuff what? yeah because they said in the future they do want to do another Power Rangers film. It's not going to be a sequel to the 2017, but they're going to reboot that. And they probably cross it over with the Bumblebee series. Because, mm. you know, the original... Because it's kind of weird how they're doing it. Like, the original Transformers series, like the Michael Bay ones, they're still continuing. Because they're still going to do Transformers 6. <laughs> yeah, that's what I said. But... but then they're still gonna do Bumblebee two. Uh, nah, nah. Bumblebee was actually dope was though. It? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I love all the Transformer movies. All of them. Except Bumblebee. I ain't gonna see that yet. Though. What? <laughs> I like Transformers. Yeah, they get too long. They long movies, man. Bad can't hang three hour movies, man. But yeah. Man, I feel like you always saying like. <laughs> I feel like for the past week and a half, you like man, shoot. I tried. I got through it once. And I couldn't. Couldn't do it. Yeah. You trying to you be trying to watch movies? Trying to watch a movie at ten thirty night on a day when you just work nine hours. Though. Yeah, you ain't about to make it through no two yeah. hour and forty eight minute Infinity War movie. You tripping? <laughs> I don't even attempt to watch movies on my work days. Yeah. Okay. Um. Well, guys, thank you. If I had some applause, I'd drop it in. Thank you. <laughs> shout. Um. Please shout out your social media app. Social medias, please. And any websites or businesses that you have. Uh, for my photography handle um, on Instagram, you can do ikboy.jpg. Um, that's where I post most of my content for there. Uh, my portfolio for my online work uh, is lightshot. That's L-I-T-E-S-H-O-T dot myportfolio.com. That's where I post my whole, my whole work for my portfolio. 
um but yeah that's where you can find me at um for those two platforms right now for my work but yeah um that's about it and then you can find me on ig at Lee media and then my youtube is Lee media twitter Lee media you know that's it you know that's why i post everything youtube um on ig i post personal pics and then like my reviews on that too so go ahead and check me out dope well, we got we appreciate you guys as always as an extension of the backwoods podcast Again, you can find us, The Backwoods. I know we haven't, you know, put an episode up in a while, but you can still find us. It's on iTunes, Apple iTunes, Anchor Podcast, and also Spotify and any other actual podcast platforms that you have, you can always use. But those are the main three. Please like, share, comment um, what you think about this episode. Also, continue to follow us and listen. If you haven't listened in a long time, we have plenty of episodes that you can listen to. Also, May 1st is Mental Health Awareness Month. Be on the lookout for Peace and Anxiety shirts. It's available on my website, www.uphold318.com. And also, Black Men Anonymous Podcast. Be on the lookout for that. New episode should be coming if you haven't checked it out yet. You can see the first episode where we're meeting with Mr. Alger James III, who's also extension of the Backwards Podcast. It's called Meet Ace. Also available on Apple iTunes, Spotify, and Anchor Podcast as well. We hope that you enjoyed this podcast. It's a little different from what we actually talk about, but we had it. We, we promised y'all a Marvel episode, so we're going to give y'all a Marvel episode with the Marvel experts themselves. Um, I'm sorry if you got through this whole podcast and you didn't watch Endgame because we spoiled <laughs> the whole thing for you. In other news, y'all have a great week, and we'll see you guys later. Right, bye.